0: Well, good morning, friends. Thank you so much for tuning into the program this morning. This is Pastor Greg Hodges here at Stanley Towns Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Once again, it's our honor and our privilege to come to you this morning by way of our live stream. We got lots of important announcements and things to share with you today. But as always, let's kick off with a congregation song. I'm going to ask Brother Ken to come lead us. And we invite you right there in your home to sing out, whether you're in your car, wherever you are. Let's make a joyful noise together. Brother Ken.
1: All right. We'll be doing a favorite of ours around here when we all get to heaven. We'll do the first, second, and last verse this morning. That's hymn number 56, When We All Get to Heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace In the mansions, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. Victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sign. out the victory onward to the prize before us soon his beauty will be whole soon the pearly gates will open we shall tread the streets of gold when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be sing and shout
0: the victory amen thank you brother ken i'm gonna Go to the Lord in prayer and open us up this morning for prayer. We invite you to join us in prayer in just a moment. And as always, as we say, uh, we invite you to put your prayer request in the comment sections uh, of whatever platform you are utilizing. Uh, and then we will sure be praying for those requests as where well. Our leadership team and myself in particular, we read every one of those. So we invite you to please put those in. Before we do, I'll remind you to continue to lift up Sister Vernon. Uh, she is home from the hospital but still struggling significantly with some physical needs. So please pray for for her Kim Durham in the long-term care facility uh, uh, brother Doug Clark others in our our, our community uh, uh, we ask you to be lifting them up in prayer as well uh, and uh, certainly those that are struggling right now and I know you have been but pray for our frontline health care workers where they need that today and so we invite you to join in prayer with us let's pray together Lord we come to you this morning uh, in that name that is above every name that precious name of Jesus Lord, I'm so glad today that uh, on this particular day that we can call upon the name of the Lord, the name of who is above every name, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, thank you for the opportunity yet again this week to come to our church family through this platform of live streaming. I thank you, Lord, for every uh, person that's tuning in. Lord, every everyone that will share whatever they're doing, Lord, to promulgate this ministry. We thank you for that. And, Lord, I pray your blessings now upon those in our church this morning who are struggling uh, physically. Lord, we thank you. Brother Barton, there in the uh, uh, hospital, we think of Sister Margaret Verning. Uh, Others that have been uh, touched uh, physically, Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. Lord, I pray that you'd restore them to health. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless our frontline health care workers all over the country, Lord, that's fighting this epidemic uh, that we know is so real for us today. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the churches this morning that are uh, going live across the country through live stream and other delivery mechanisms. Bless the preachers. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have uh, to assemble together through this mechanism. And Lord, continue to promote the precious name of Jesus. Blessing our service this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to have one more congregation song. Brother Ken, you come on. Let's Sing together this morning where you are.
1: All right, we'll sing in the sweet by and by. We'll do the first and last verse this morning. That's uh, in the sweet by and by. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way. Bear us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore. To our bountiful Father above we will offer our tribute the glorious gift of His love, and the blessings that hallow our days. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful
0: shore. Thank you, Brother Ken. Folks, come on, get ready to sing for us this morning. I am so uh, 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 thrilled uh, that we're going to sing this song, our quartet. Um, this is one of my favorites. I said last week, one of the things that I miss the most uh, about uh, not being able to have corporate worship together is choir singing. Uh, I know folks have different ways of doing things, but I just love, love, love congregation singing and choir singing. And This is one of my favorite choir songs, uh, sung by my favorite singer. We're not supposed to have favorites, but I love to hear Miss Lisa sing this song. Uh, So you listen now as our quartet sings, Did I Mention. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Uh, We'll do the other one in just a few minutes before the preaching this morning. I got several very important announcements that I want to go over uh, with everybody this morning, bring you up to speed. I've been putting out in social media regarding uh, some things that are happening here at the church. Let me first of all uh, just let everyone know that in lieu of our governor's executive order, uh, uh, the stay-at-home order that has been issued through June the 10th, Uh, That means that all of our activities that we had scheduled through June 10th have uh, now been either postponed or canceled. That would include our Ladies Jubilee, our Homecoming, and our golf tournament. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about some of those in just a little bit, but know for now that of course those things which were scheduled, uh, all of those actually scheduled in May, uh, have now been either postponed or canceled. Uh, This turns out to be rather fortuitous for reasons I'll share in just a moment. I put out a post a couple of days ago when we had our uh, a Christmas drama here at our church this year. Uh, we did it from the uh, viewpoint or from the production style of the Magi. And, of course, that meant that we decorated our church and just tons and tons and tons of oriental fabric and even some plain fabric. Uh, we had fabric everywhere, frankly, in the sanctuary, in the vestibule, up here on the platforms, fabric Everywhere as we were trying to uh, uh, reminisce or show you what it looked like for an oriental culture uh, during the days of the Magi in Persia. When we were taking everything down, I looked at my wife and I said, "Ah, Heaven knows what we're going to do with all of this fabric. And at one point, I even talked to her about taking it and donating it. And she convinced me to let's keep it. She kept saying we'd find some use for it sometime, somewhere. And so we've got uh, buckets and buckets and totes and totes of fabric, little... Uh, did I know that uh, it would come in for an altogether different purpose. As you're probably aware, our church has now become engaged in a very different and very unique and incredibly important ministry of uh, sewing face masks for folks all over the country. This actually started out as just a little local initiative trying to help some of the frontline healthcare care workers. Uh, it got into social media and is now candidly gone all over the country. Uh, this is uh, something that we, we are very honored, frankly, to be able to have a part of. And I'll pause a moment and say a special thank you to those ladies, so far ladies, uh, who have continuously kept up with the demand of the orders. We've sent out nearly 2,000 masks in the last few weeks, last couple of weeks, Uh, With hundreds more have been ordered and so these ladies are trying their best to keep up with the demand and I can't thank you enough. I appreciate those who've donated uh, money to this project. We don't charge anything for these masks. Uh, They are free of charge to whoever asks and thus far uh, we've been able to meet the demand and we're going to try our best to do that. As we said a moment ago, uh, this actually has spread nationally Uh, on this past week. Uh, We sent a box of uh, some 500 masks up to a hospital in New York. This coming week, we'll be sending out boxes of material uh, uh, masks and other things down to Louisiana. uh, Two hard, hard, hard hard-hit areas. And uh, uh, this is becoming a a, a major initiative, and I want to explain to you why. Uh, Again, originally this was meant to be local, and uh, we would just supply the masks. But since we've had to cancel uh, our upcoming events... Uh, we are we are adding to what we send out other than just the masks in our boxes now. We are including devotional materials, materials that were purchased for the Ladies Jubilee uh, that are included in these boxes. And then we're so thrilled that uh, the Wisnets and Kyle Rowland have given us permission to provide in each box copies of the single Sweet Things Out of Dark Places. Uh, they were here, the Wisnets were, in October and We recorded the live version of them singing the song with, candidly, our church shouting it down in the background. Uh, The Wisnets have been so gracious and allowed us to make copies of that. Kyla gave us her permission as well. And so included in these shipment boxes is that song. And I can't think of a more pertinent song uh, in the hour in which we live. So again, I want to say a special thank you to those ladies who have continued to help us with the sewing. If you are a seamstress or a seamster. And you know how to sew, and you'd be willing to help out either here in our sanctuary, here at the church, or at home. If you would please reach out to my wife, 276-340-9730, and let her know that you'd be willing to be inter- uh, to help out, we will surely connect you. Our goal is to produce 400 of these a night, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. 1,600 a week is what we're going to try to put out in order to keep up with the demand. And so anything that you can do. When the ladies meet here at the church, uh, we do practice the social distancing. They're uh, uh, quite a bit apart. And if we get more than 10, we've actually got multiple places where we can put folks. We can put some in the teen room, the old teen room. Uh, We can put some downstairs if we need to to meet the demand. And we will absolutely practice what we need to in order to make sure folks stay safe while they're here. So again, thank you to those folks who are helping us. And if you're available or you can do it from home, again, if you'd reach out to my wife, we would certainly appreciate it. Then I have another special announcement regarding what we're going to do for next Sunday. Of course, next Sunday is uh, the penultimate Sunday for the child of God. For a believer, Easter Sunday is the day we celebrate a risen Savior. Of course, every day we go to church, we celebrate a risen Savior. But there's just something special about celebrating Easter Sunday. So next Sunday, we will continue to do our live stream. But we are also going to, weather permitting, do a one-time drive-in church next Easter Sunday. We will have a flatbed set up out here right outside from the vestibule. We will have our PA set up, and we will do a drive-in service for those who would like to drive into the church. Let me stress a couple of things. I've reached out to our local law enforcement to make sure that we are in compliance with state guidelines and local ordinances. And uh, I have been assured that both by Executive Order 55 by the governor and by local ordinances that we can do a drive-in service as long as everyone stays in their car. Let me stress that. If you want to participate in our drive-in service next Sunday, uh, we'll invite you to come to the parking lot to park And then roll your windows down and uh, enjoy the services. We will also continue to live stream, but I do want to stress that no one can get out of their cars. If folks start getting out of their cars, I've been told by law enforcement that we'll have to shut everything down. So we invite you to come if you'd like to next Sunday on Easter Sunday just to get out of the house, drive here to the church, stay in your car, and enjoy the services. And then if you'd rather not get out, we surely understand that, We will uh, uh, continue to live stream it so that you can enjoy it from the uh, comfort of your home. And then two other quick things before we have one more song. I want to say thank you to those who have continued to support our church financially. During uh, our closure, our physical closure, uh, I appreciate you sending in your offerings and tithes. Whether you're doing it uh, through the means of our online system and app, or you're sending it through a a post office, we appreciate it uh, immensely. Every week I get somebody asking us what's the address, so I'll just remind you. It's P.O. Box, S-A-G-B-C, P.O. Box 250, Stanley Town, Virginia, 24168. Uh, this is Mission Sunday here at our church. Uh, that means the first Sunday of the month we would collect a special offering that would go to our missionaries, and I appreciate those folks who have continued to support our missionaries. Uh, so far, we've uh, we've been able to continue to support them at 100%, and it's our goal to continue to do that uh, for as long as we're having to close the physical building. So thank you again for, for your support in that. And finally, let me just remind you, I would be remiss as your pastor... If I did not encourage you uh, to follow the guidelines that are being put out uh, by, uh, by the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. Uh, I, I don't need to tell anybody at this point the seriousness of what we're dealing with. And uh, when the pandemic is over and we're allowed to come back, uh, I want to see us all back. So I encourage you to follow the guidelines that are being set out for us. Uh, we're doing our best to make sure that we do that as well. Even keeping it here during our congreg- uh, during our services where we uh, taped uh, at, uh, less than 10. So we appreciate you doing the same thing. Just before the preaching this morning, I'm going to ask Brother Ken and the trio uh, to sing the song they sang last Sunday. Uh, we got so many inboxes and emails and text messages about how much Folks enjoyed this song, and so just before the message this morning, I'm going to ask them to sing. This is the song that we are including in our shipments of boxes that are going out across the country. So you pray for them as they sing Sweet Things Out of Dark Places.
1: I want to know Him. I want to walk closer. I want to learn about the heart that was broken for me. It may require suffering, but I. For the darker the valley, the more clear show you my glory
0: That's wonderful. Thank you all so much this morning. Love it, love it, love it. Appreciate it immensely. Two places that I'm going to invite you to turn with us this morning in your Bibles. Turn first of all to Psalm 92, if you would please. Psalm 92. And then also have in your Bibles ready for John 12. Psalm 92 and then John 12. I love the sentiment that is expressed by that song, Sweet Things out of dark places. The idea behind the song is the simple reality that absent the dark places, we would never get to experience the things that we get only in those dark places. Throughout the last couple of weeks, I have candidly been blown away at the generosity of the Americans as we have faced this crisis in our country. You know, uh, those of you who are my age and younger, generation X and below, we've really never experienced anything like this. We've never experienced anything that was so long-lasting. I I think the only thing that perhaps comes close, as we said a couple of weeks ago, was 9-11. 9-11 certainly changed our country. Most of us remember where we were when 9-11 happened. But understand, that was a singular event. That was a day. And almost immediately, we began rebuilding. We began putting our lives back together. And we began a new normal within just a few days. This one seems altogether different. In fact, our Surgeon General this week likened this to a, a Pearl Harbor moment for our country where things will be protracted and the recovery will be difficult. But what I'm sharing that with you this morning is the incredible generosity of the American spirit, and in particular, Christians. I'm not trying to single anyone out, but I'm a Christian, so I'll talk about Christians this morning. I'm amazed at some of the things that I've seen God's people doing in this hour. Just this morning, as an example, as Renee and I were driving to the church, we had the news on, as we usually do, frankly, and we were listening to a, uh, a wonderful nurse in New York who had uh, had a video of her singing that had gone viral uh, on the morning before. She had huddled with other nurses and doctors before their shift began and started singing Amazing Grace and how that inspired those healthcare workers that day to pick up the mantle and do what they needed to do. I saw yesterday a, a wonderful video down in Miami-Dade as a firefighter who had contracted the virus was in a hospital and was uh, very dejected, very depressed, and felt like he was very isolated. So his fire department got a fire truck and brought it to the hospital room, got some firemen up on the ladder so they could get up to his floor and deliver the message of amazing grace and how much they loved him and appreciated him. And there are countless examples of this going on throughout our country. The reason i'm so touched and excited that our church is able to engage in this ministry of seemingly such a simple simple thing as making masks uh, yet how valuable a resource it's become in our country well let's read now psalm 92 verse number 12. i'm going to read verses 12 down through the rest of the psalm and then we will flip over to uh, john chapter number 12. psalm 92 verse 12 says the righteous." shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. Can we just stop a moment and meditate on this next clause? They shall be fat and flourishing. Every one of you that feels like I do, type amen in the comments. Let's go on. Verse 15, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. There's a dozen clauses almost that we could preach out of this morning. But I want to take especially the very first clause that's found in Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Most of you understand uh, that today is uh, worldwide recognized as Palm Sunday. It is the beginning of what is referred to as the Passion of Christ, the Holy Week, the Sunday before Resurrection Sunday, in which the events that are detailed in Scripture over the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior would all play out. But why is it called Palm Sunday? And what is the reference to the palm tree? Well, to understand that, put your bookmark in Psalm 92. We'll come back to it. But turn with me, if you would, please, over to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. If you have a reference Bible of any kind, it likely tells you that beginning in verse number 12, we have the events that are referred to as the triumphal entry. Notice what it says in verse 12. On the next day, much people that were coming to the feast, uh, by the way, that's the Passover feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, look at verse 13, took branches, of palm trees, and went forth to meet him, and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. So as Christ makes his way into Jerusalem, coming to celebrate the Passover, yet he recognizes that these events would ultimately lead to the cross of Calvary. The popularity of Jesus goes before him, and as he crosses into the gate of Jerusalem, the crowd begins to surround him and literally rip off branches of the palm tree and wave them and say, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. The question that I have for you this morning is, why the palm? What is it about the palm that was so special? Well, To begin with, in simplicity, you should understand that historically, the palm tree has been referred to as the representative tree or the national tree of Israel. It has stood through the years and decades as a symbol of the Holy Land. In fact, in the Middle Ages, I I candidly didn't know this until studying this out a couple of weeks ago. In the Middle Ages, large groups of pilgrims, would make pilgrimages from all over the known world, but especially Europe, uh, into the Holy Land. They were actually called palmers because part of that pilgrimage would be the waving of palm trees as they got closer and closer to Jerusalem. As the Lord makes His entry into Jerusalem so many of those surrounding him would rip those palm leaves off of the national tree of Israel and begin waving them, saying, Hosanna. And as you read in Scripture, it says, Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. I am also reminded that it would be many of these same folks who just a few short days later would be shouting, Crucify him, crucify him. But I want to ask you this morning a simple question. Why the palm tree? Why the palm tree? And why in Psalm 92 are we told that the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree? There must be something about the palm tree that the Lord likens the believers to that entity. The same verse talks about the cedars of Lebanon. That's an analogy that, candidly, I've used a lot. I've talked about this church and other ministries being cedars of Lebanon in the community. And the cedar of Lebanon is, of course, a grand, a glorious tree, one of the strongest and most stoutest trees that Palestine knew and would become identifiable as a source of strength. But what about the palm tree? Why does the Lord tell us in Psalm 92, 12, Why does he liken the righteous and tell us that we shall flourish like a palm tree? Well, I want to give you seven or eight things this morning that I hope uh, in the course of the message will not only put us in the frame of mind uh, for today's Palm Sunday, preparing us for the Holy Week and Resurrection Sunday, but will also let us know what it is about the palm tree that so identifies the righteous believer uh, as being connected to that palm. Number one this morning, as I began to study this out, and I will tell you that 75% of what I'm sharing with you are direct quotes, not from faith-based text, uh, but simply from biology text, or I should say even botany texts that talk directly about the nature of a palm tree. Number one, and I'm fascinated by this, uh, I read a couple of weeks ago that the palm tree unlike most other trees, uh, breaks bands that ensnares it. A palm tree is universally recognized for its ability to break bands that attempt to ensnare it. So I began to read that because, candidly, when I read that at first, it didn't make sense to me. But then the analogy went on to say that most of us of a certain generation, we remember uh, when our mothers or our grandmothers would hang out clothes on a clothesline and oftentimes that clothesline would be tied to an old tree oftentimes it would be an oak tree or a pine tree and you, some of you senior saints will well remember uh, that that clothesline over a period of time, uh, as that tree grew, uh, the band just kept going deeper and deeper. You've probably seen examples of where that clothesline band becomes absolutely embedded inside of that tree. As the tree gets larger, uh, the band doesn't break, but rather it cuts in deeper and deeper uh, into the tree itself. That's not the case for a palm tree. A palm tree is uniquely designed so that as it grows, it expands, and anything that's wrapped around it will snap and prevent from ensnaring that tree. By design, if you were to try to put a clothesline around a palm tree, eventually uh, that band would break because as the palm tree gets stronger and bigger and more stout, it will break whatever it is that tries to ensnare it. I like that this morning. Because I'm reminded uh, that our enemy uh, is real today, uh, seeking whom he may devour. uh, And he knows he can't have our souls, uh, so he attempts to ensnare us in the things of this world. But I am also reminded... That he which is in us uh, is greater than he that is in the world. uh, And we don't have to let those things of this world ensnare us. Uh, We can be like the palm tree uh, that as we go stronger, uh, we can snap everything that tries to ensnare us. Uh, I'm reminded of my own choir. I talk about this often. I love to stand back and watch these folks sing out and make a joyful noise. Sometimes I look at them and I'm reminded of where they were before God found them. I'm saying this completely respectfully because standing up in my choir, whenever we're able to sing, we've got former drug addicts, we've got former alcoholics, we've got former folks engaged in all kinds of activity, but I am so glad that they did not allow that to ensnare them, that as Paul says to the Corinthian church, such were some of you thank the Lord. We don't have to let those things ensnare us. Secondly this morning, another fascinating fact I found about the palm tree is that the palm tree will bend, but it almost inevitably will not break. A palm tree will bend, but it almost inevitably will not break. I was reading an online secular scientific article about this because everything I'm sharing with you this morning, I wanted to back up, uh, make sure that everything I said was biologically correct. And so the article that I read uh, had embedded uh, a video of palm trees in the middle of a hurricane. This video did a tour of what was happening, and as the hurricane was raging, you could see oak trees and pine trees snapping like crazy, but you could see the palm trees in the wind literally bending over almost horizontal, almost to the point where they were bending horizontally. Only in rare circumstances would they break. Almost inevitably, those palm trees would continue to bend. They would continue to stand. Those palm trees would not be broken. May I say to you this morning that the winds of this world will blow hard. We will get tossed to and fro. But may I say to you, we don't have to break because of the winds of this world. We don't have to be the ones that throw up our hands. We can be the ones that continue to fight the good fight for the cause of Christ. Number three this morning, the palm tree, not only, this is my favorite of the seven or eight we'll talk about. Number three, the palm tree not only survives, but actually flourishes in a desert. A palm tree not only survives, but actually flourishes in the desert. You see, the the palm tree is very unique among other species. I challenge you this morning to go out and look at desert pictures and find any incidents where you'll find an oak tree. Go look at desert pictures and find any example. You won't find pine trees or maple trees or walnut trees. They can't survive in a desert. But I tell you this morning, if you go look at what we refer to as an oasis... In the middle of a desert, you will find that the palm tree not only survives but flourishes in the desert. So, when I read that, the first thing I thought I get the application already, but the first thing I thought was, why? What is it about the palm tree that uniquely allows it to not just survive but actually flourish and thrive? in the desert and I think I have figured it out because as I was reading down through this article it began to talk about the root system of the palm tree and how it is so radically different from other species I'll pause a moment and say to anybody who's ever mowed yards around an oak tree you understand that those trees have roots that grow out horizontally and certainly they go down, but they also spread extremely wide. And your lawnmower can do the bumpity-bumpity-bump as you try to mow around an oak tree or a weeping willow tree or a pine tree. But the palm tree is altogether different. The roots of the palm tree don't spread out horizontally. They spread vertically. In fact, the article that I read said of all the species of trees, the palm tree has the strongest what it called... Tap root, a root that has one function, one desire, and that is to find a source of water. And when that taproot finds a source of water... If you will allow me to give you this illustration, it does a beeline down to that source and kind of directs all the other roots that says, "Hey, here's the water. Let's aim for that." And so we got to get down to where the water is, according to this article, in order for that palm tree to flourish in the desert. Can I say to you this morning what an analogy for us as believers? I'm going to be candid with you. There are far too many believers today who are attempting to spread their roots out horizontally. We're trying this morning to be shallow, and we're trying to look for the world for refreshment. But oftentimes we come away thirsty. We come away not satisfied because anything that the world gives is only temporary. It will never satisfy eternally. But then there are those of us who've tapped our taproot into the fountain of the Holy Spirit of God we understand that when we find that source of water, uh, that we've got to dig deeper uh, and dive deeper uh, and encourage everything to get into that source of water because it is from that fountain that we draw our strength. Number four this morning. I've already alluded to this, but number four, a group of palm trees actually has a name. When you find a group of palm trees in the desert, it is inevitably referred to as an oasis. I actually talked about this in the message uh, last week, uh, Bitter or Sweet, Your Choice, about the desert uh, wilderness uh, walkings of the Israelites and how they came to Marah. And it was bitter, but God had an oasis Elam ready for them if they would walk through Marah and do what God said. An oasis is an astounding, astounding entity because in the middle of a dry barren desert there will be a group of palm trees and in those palm trees will be life-giving water one of the fascinating things that i read and candidly i will confess i knew nothing about this until studying on it a couple of weeks ago oftentimes in the middle of a desert When there is enough palm trees surrounding that oasis, you will find other species of trees growing underneath the shadow of what the palm trees provides. I saw pictures of lemon trees growing in the desert. Orange trees growing in the desert. Other species of trees growing in the desert. And inevitably, they were able to grow because of what the palm trees provided in the middle of that barren wilderness. Let me say to you, church, this morning for all of us, one of the things that I miss most about what we're facing right now is our inability to enjoy what I call corporate worship. Please don't misunderstand me. I am thrilled that we're able to come to you Through multiple platforms, I'm honored that we can come into your car, we can come into your home. I'm honored that people are celebrating and watching and sharing services all over the country. And candidly, we have a witness and an impact now that we might not have had just two months ago. But I miss the assembling of ourselves together. Because we draw strength, we draw power, we draw deliverance from an ability to come together. And I submit to you that when we as palm trees come together, we begin to see little trees popping up and growing in the middle because they're drawing source of strength from us. Number five this morning. I like this one. Number five, one of the things that I read as is given to us in Scripture is that the older... The palm tree, the sweeter, the fruit. The older the palm tree, the sweeter the fruit. If you'll jump down to verse 14, we see that Scripture tells us they shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. Many of you may be asking, what are the fruits of the palm tree? For most of us on this hemisphere, we think of palm trees as coconuts, the fruits being coconuts. But in Palestine, in the Holy Land, almost inevitably, they are referring to date palms. And so the analogy here is that as that fruit, as that palm tree gets older and stronger, that the fruit that it produces uh, will be sweeter uh, and better to the taste. Can I say to you this morning... As believers in Christ, uh, we ought to be the sweetest people this world encounters. God deliver us from cantankerous Christians. God deliver us uh, from Christians uh, who've been saved 30, 40, 50 years, uh, haven't had a good day, don't like anybody around them, uh, and don't want to have anything to do with anybody. Uh, My Bible tells me that as senior palm trees, uh, we ought to be delivering the sweetest fruits to those around us. I got just a couple more for you this morning. Number six, I like this one also. Uh, The article I read said that a palm tree cannot be grafted. Let me say that again. A palm tree cannot be grafted. I read a predominant national horticulturalist who said, and I quote, to graft a palm tree is to kill it. Some of you understand what it means to graft plants together. You can take a cutting from one species and plant it with a cutting from another species and oftentimes what comes out will be stronger and more stout and more hardy. Many of the vegetables that we grow today in our country are grafted species, species that have been grafted together to make the end product more stable, more stout, more sturdy, uh, to produce greater fruit. But the horticulturalist that I read said, if you try to graft a palm tree, you will kill it. That a palm tree will not survive you trying to unite it, listen now, to something that is not another palm. I'm reminded, uh, folks, that we as believers are commanded not to be unequally yoked. We often talk about that as the marriage relationship, but you hear me, it goes well beyond that. We as believers need to be reminded of the fact that if we try to yoke up to this world, if we try to be like the world, that we'll lose our testimony, we'll kill our influence. I'm reminded that Paul says to the Roman church, chapter 12, but I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. When a Christian tries awfully hard to be like the world, we lose and we're killing our Christian influence. Number seven this morning, I've got two more quickly. Number seven, and I'm embarrassed that I didn't know this, but a a palm tree is what is referred to as an evergreen tree. Let me pause a moment and say to All of us, I'm sure most of our school kids will know this. All trees can be classified into two categories. They're either deciduous or they're evergreens. A deciduous tree are trees that will shed their leaves. Often they will turn colors in the fall and shed their leaves in the winter and will give renewal or rebirth and grow leaves again in the spring. They go through this cycle of almost life and death, life and death. There's a beautiful analogy there as we celebrate Easter next Sunday. But an evergreen tree is altogether different. An evergreen tree doesn't die. An evergreen tree doesn't turn its leaves. An evergreen tree uh, doesn't drop its leaves. An evergreen tree is actually uh, stout uh, and sturdy uh, regardless of the temperature. I like that. Regardless of the season. Regardless of the circumstances. uh, The evergreen tree is a simple reality uh, that whatever is happening, uh, the tree can still flourish in the middle of the season. I say to everybody this morning, these are difficult hours in which we live today. This is a difficult time, uh, the most challenging time that most of us can remember. What an opportunity for us to be an influence to this world. I'll give you something that Kyla sent to me this week when I asked her permission to allow us to send out the song, uh, Hers and the Wisnets, I texted both of them immediately Got responses back how honored they were. But Kyla said in her text to me to share with our church, and specifically our church ladies, that in the middle of what she referred to as the darkest night that we've experienced in some time, what an opportunity. For us to shine the light of Jesus Christ and let everybody know that in the midst of darkness uh, there is a light that will never be stamped out. Finally this morning, I'll give you the last one. This is my favorite. The palm tree doesn't burn. (laughs) The palm tree doesn't burn. I I have to tell you when I read that, I didn't believe it at first. I I just just didn't believe that that you could not ignite a palm tree or it would cause incredible difficulty to try to do it. So I went to three or four more texts that talked about the difficulty that a palm tree has in catching on fire. And I began to wonder why. I mean, what is it about a palm tree that prevents it from burning? You can already see the analogy. But what is it about a palm tree that makes it so fire resistant what I read staggered my mind what I read reminded me of the importance of us as believers in this hour what I read is that when that palm tree actually sends its taproot and finds that water way below the surface that it actually begins to draw up such copious amounts of water that there is such an incredible amount of sap running through that palm tree uh, that a fire uh, has no ability to ignite it. That it's got so much water that it's pulling up, uh, converting it into sap uh, in the middle of that desert. Uh, It is pulling up so much moisture uh, that it prevents that palm tree uh, from igniting on fire even uh, when tossed into a flame. Let me say to you this morning, I'm glad, number one, that Christians, we won't burn. But secondly, I'm even more thankful for the fact that for those who are trying to be palm trees, we're not full of ourselves. We're not full of the world. We're not full of the flesh. We try to be full of the Holy Spirit of God. And the more we've got, the more we can give out to this world. So let me encourage you this morning. Come on, Brother Ken. Let me encourage you this morning. In this next week... As we pause with our families, as we talk about the importance of resurrection, let me remind you of what it means to be a palm tree believer. In the middle of a desert, we can be an oasis for somebody else. In the middle of a dry desert, we can be pulling up water from the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to ask Brother Ken to sing us a verse this morning. And I invite you to pray there right where you are. Ask God to help you be more of that life-giving source of Holy Spirit water this world around us. Brother Ken, sing for us this morning. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way, Lord. Father, I thank you for the opportunity we've had this morning to come to the homes of our friends and church family. Lord, thank you for a few minutes that we can set aside even in the midst of the world we're living in today and celebrate our Lord and Savior. Lord, when we can't come to church, I'm glad that we can take the church to the church people. I'm thankful for those who help us every week to make sure that the broadcast goes out effectively into our community. Lord, I pray again for those healthcare workers that are on the front lines of this country doing battle. How often, Lord, we've looked to the American soldier to defend us from the enemy, but Lord, we recognize today that even while our servicemen and service women are keeping us safe, it is these frontline medical staff that have become the new soldier in this battle. Bless them, Lord. Keep them strong. Lord, I pray that you would bless us as we assemble. Up every week uh, on Wednesdays and Sundays throughout this pandemic to be a spiritual blessing to these folks in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before we sign off, I'll remind everybody that next Sunday, we're going to do a uh, parking lot message, what we call Drive-In Church. Uh, If you are able and want to get out, again, you got to stay in your car. We will start at 1045, weather permitting. Uh, If the forecast on the day before says thunderstorms or rain, we're sure not going to put a PA system out in the rain. So we will let you know about that via social media and our call system. And just before we disconnect, let's do the second verse, Miss Renee. and Brother Ken, of what a day. We've done that every Sunday. But let's do just the second verse. There'll be no sorrows there, no more burdens to bear. We'll sing the chorus together, and then we'll sign off. Let's sing it together. There'll be no sorrow there. Sing with us now. No more, no more burdens, burdens to, bear.
1: to bear. No more sickness. No more sickness no and no more parting. No more parting over there. And, forever and forever I shall be, I will be with the one who died for me. I Shall see and I look, look, upon his face. look upon his face, the one who saved Say me by his grace. When he takes me by the when hand, he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. Oh, what a day! What a day!
0: Glorious day that will be. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. Join us Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We'll be back with you then. God bless you. We love you. Stay safe.